Welcome to the Battle Buddy Podcast with Keith McKeever. Welcome back to another episode of the Battle Buddy Podcast. I have David Lionheart with Play for Your Freedom. Uh, he was also featured in a film uh, from a previous guest earlier this season, Ash Patino, with the PTSD, the, the Walking Wounded uh, film. So got some questions about both things that uh, he's involved in. So, David, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Keith. I appreciate it. It's an honor to be here. Well, I'm, I'm glad to have you here because... Uh, that uh, that the film, the PTSD, the Walking Wounded, was like I was just telling you a couple minutes ago when I saw it somewhere on Facebook, and I was like, "Oh, what's this film?" And went to Amazon, and I watched it. Uh, I think I had paid for it and watched it within like ten or fifteen minutes of seeing it advertised because I knew it was one of those things I wanted to see. Um, and I was blown away. I immediately went upstairs after I watched it, and I put it on for my wife. <laughs> I was like, "Hey, turn the TV on." Go to Amazon. You got to watch this. This is cool. this is this is amazing uh, because it's powerful for so many different ways. But yeah. you were featured in it because you've got a nonprofit called Play for Your Freedom. Uh, before we get into that, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, so my name is David Lionheart. I live in the Hudson Valley, New York, and uh, I'm the founder of Play for Your Freedom, uh, which is a veteran wellness project that we started. And uh, we offer fitness and peer-to-peer support for veterans and their families who are looking to make a healthy transition from military life to civilian life. Um, being around their peers and, uh, and and seeing what that's like starting over, um, you know, with a new job and a, and a new approach to what life is going to look like, um, as well as still trying to maintain uh, the respect and honor that, that they've earned uh, in the military. So we try and facilitate on both ends. Uh, a lot of gratitude from our staff. We have uh, an incredible staff of uh, civilians and veterans, responders, just good people who want to come out and, and help uh, with, with what we're doing. And, um, you know, pre, pre-pandemic, I'll, I'll describe uh, who we were because in-person programming changed a lot, uh, but we are getting back into it. But uh, we host a wellness workshop, as we call it, and basically we'll welcome in a hospital um, or a group of veterans from the community and their families, and they'll come in and we'll play sports uh, for a couple hours. We uh, we do basketball, football, um, wiffle ball. We do track and field, obstacle courses, whatever whatever they want, we we will do. <laughs> and uh, we always say we have an open heart and an open mind. And, and if we have that, then we we have exactly what we need to help. And uh, and so after a couple hours of programming, uh, again, which could be sports or art, uh, we have live music. It, uh, usually my dad plays, or we have some local bands that come out. And then uh, our staff prepares a home cooked meal for the veterans, so we provide a healthy meal for them. And it's a time to kind of decompress a little bit. A lot of the men and women that we work with come coming out of the hospitals, it's not a lot of healthy options for them as far as fitness. And um, and really a lot of people are just isolating themselves in their, in their rooms, uh, you know, in, in that space I've learned. And uh, the military community is very complex. Again, I'm just a carpenter. Uh, I'm a civilian, so I didn't serve, even though I have family members who have. So I'm really interested in continuing to learn. Every day we learn something new about somebody who's gone through something uh, that we haven't. And we try and pair them up with somebody who has. And so during those workshops, we have people coming out a little out of shape, some of them. And, uh, and, and we say no matter what your age or ability, you have a place and a purpose in our programming. And so uh, when everybody gets there, whether you want to just sit and watch and heckle your friends or you want to come play all two hours of the football game, we, uh, we allow that space for that person to choose that. And, uh, we have a couple of retired uh, professional athletes that come out and, and work with us as well. Uh, one of our volunteers, Jeff, had a relationship with NFL alumni, and they came at the very beginning when we started doing this and ended up sticking around and enjoying the atmosphere. Um, and they've become very valuable in the program along with our staff. 
And so, uh, you know, once we are done playing sports, we try and bring everybody in for a huddle and, uh, and a big high five at the end. And now you've got these endorphins running through your body. You might have been moving more than you normally have. So you're breaking a sweat and tightening up your shoes and, and starting to get competitive again. And, you know, we've learned in the military, you, you're used to fighting with a unit and a team. And we try and put people back on those teams again uh, with our staff and other visiting veterans and recreate an atmosphere that's, uh, that's recognizable to somebody who's now fighting alone. Um, but now can relate to what it's like to be back uh, with a group of people who care and who are interested in their well-being. Uh, and then we go into dinner or lunch, depending on the time of day that we're serving. And uh, again, there's nothing like breaking bread with somebody. It just means so much. And uh, when they're going back to the hospital and, and, you know, getting chow, it's a different feeling when someone's scooping some homemade food they made with love for you. And, you know, my dad plays music and my mom sings against other local bands. And we hand out some forms for them to fill out uh, with no names required, but just asking how are they feeling right now and what we can do to better serve them next time. And uh, we have gotten two negative comments in the past couple of years. One is that they wanted coffee. We didn't have no coffee. And uh, one time the ZD was a little cold. And so we, we bought better sternos. We got some better candles. But uh, overall, it's it, the response that we get is, I haven't had this much fun sober. I didn't know I could enjoy myself without um, uh, substance use, things of that nature. Um, I haven't talked to somebody in a long time. I haven't caught a touchdown pass since I was a kid. Um, and really, so it's an all-inclusive atmosphere from the time they walk in the door, we're at the bus greeting them, to the time that they're hopping back on the bus, taking leftovers to people who couldn't make it out. And we always say, hey, you know somebody who didn't come out of their bedroom today, go get them. We want them at the next workshop. Like, there's no reason why anybody should be alone, uh, especially during a time of, of trauma and healing and, and, and recovery. And, uh, and, and it's together we stand and, and stand with one another and, and can really create that energy that's everlasting. So the coordinators that we work with, they give us the feedback that when the vets go back to the hospital, they're still talking about the games for another week or so. And so we see our accounts every 30 days. They come out once a month for, per hospital, sometimes twice a month. And so there's an accountability factor. If somebody's in the hospital during recovery, normally it's a 45-day span. So we might get them twice in, in the time of their stay there. And so we, uh, we really appreciate that. And they always come back. We have almost a 100% return rate if the veteran is still in the hospital. And some of these vets have been in the hospital for years um, that we've been working with them. And some of them are just in there for one string and then they're out. And that's cool, too, because that's the ultimate goal is getting someone healthy enough uh, in the hospital to stay connected with positivity and ultimately getting healthy enough to get back with their families, get back on their feet and uh, enjoy the free life that they fought for and, and allowed for us to, to live and enjoy. Yeah, I think that's what really struck me uh, when I was looking at, well, after watching the film and, and researching what you guys were doing, I was like, it's, it's including everybody. It's a variety of different activities, so everybody can partake it or at least spectate, yeah. you know, and, and be there. Uh, but one of the things I've noticed over the years is is that lack of connection to the military community. That when you transition when you transition out, it's gone. You know, everybody you serve with, uh, they've filled your spot with somebody else, right? Some new guys come from another unit or do basic training, whatever, and they're filling that spot, and that mission has to go on, which is important. Um, but you're, you're not part of that circle anymore. So now you have to find a new circle. And the people who don't just don't have any kind of connection to the to the community. You know, and I, I know when I got out, 
I didn't have that for a couple of years. And I was felt in the back of my mind, like I wanted some sort of connection to the military and veteran community. For me, it was honor flight. I got hooked up with my greater Peoria honor flight and I've been volunteering ever since. And they are like, yeah, they're back on their feet next weekend. Yep. We have, we've got our, uh, we've got our flight here, our first flight in two years uh, coming up in a couple of weeks. So awesome. Congratulations. It's, um, it's, it's awesome to be back in saddle again, if you will. <laughs> we've had a yeah, lot we, of meetings, a lot of fundraisers and stuff lately. And it's, yeah. um, I really, I really missed that over the last couple of years, but those first like two years I was out, I just had nothing. And I was like, I, I knew in, in my heart, I wanted to be connected in some way, shape or form. And then, well, just like this, like I watched the honor flight documentary that came out. I think it was filmed in like 2008, 2009, something like that. It was on Amazon and I watched it and I was immediately hooked. I was like, look, I wouldn't have been able to serve if it wasn't for the guys, the Vietnam guy, the desert storm, Vietnam, Korea, World War II, et cetera, and, and everybody before them that's that's no longer here. Yeah. Um, I, I owe them a lot, you know, and, and they're also my brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. I, I look at it, we're one we're big military veteran family. So got to take care of these people and they deserve a trip. And if I can help play a little part and make it happen, I will. And it's it's been a game changer for me. And so between that and what I've seen on Facebook, the lack of connections, I know how important that is. And that's, that's an awesome thing that you're giving those, those guys and gals that are, you know, kind of, I guess, arguably sitting in hospitals, floating in no man's land. Like, who do you have to talk to, right? Your doctors, your nurses? You know, we, we say that you just need to fight for one more day. You know, the, the saying lately for me has been plus one. You know, if it's wanting to eat healthier or get, get better in that regard, focus on the next meal. If it's about trying to work out or exercise, focus on the next time you go for a walk or go do something or you want to be a better parent, focus on the next play session with, with your little ones. And, uh, and the world has become very overwhelming and a little chaotic and things of that nature and trying to get our feet back on the ground and underneath us. Uh, and for people who are living a life of normalcy, they're struggling, um, let alone people who are self-medicating and depressed and on, on the verge of madness uh, and, and, the isolation over, like you said, the past couple of years is we're going to see it. We, we got our work cut out for us, brother, because there, there's, there's some, there's some people that really can need some outreach. And uh, I delivered a talk recently and, and spoke about being a good neighbor. Uh, now is a time when you see a stranger to say hello and, uh, and really kind of ex- step out of your comfort zone. You know, we, we always emphasize when you're leaving the grocery store and there's the two, Vietnam veterans sitting there selling the poppies or, you know, some of the older fellows and, or ladies sitting there, it's easy to throw a quarter into the bucket and run past without even making eye contact and grabbing a poppy. But, you know, instead of saying, thank you for your service, you might start thinking about stopping and saying, how are you doing today? And that might be the first time that someone's asked them that in a really long time and, uh, and, and start humanizing our, our warriors. And, and during that interaction, you'll, you'll still deliver the respect to them just by simply treating them like a person and uh and and getting them to feel like people and and proud people again and uh and that's the least that we can do and and for a fellow like me and and the people that are on our staff like we're just we're forever indebted like you said to the generations of people my my great-grandfather served in world war ii and uh he's a purple heart recipient and i didn't understand really what that meant until i got a little bit older and uh and when i started play for your freedom it was uh, inspired by an iraq war veteran um, young fella, and he's—I was friends with him for a couple of years, and uh, and when I found out what he was going through, because he looked normal and fine, and you know, handsome and successful and all that, but 
he was going through some stuff and uh, and I didn't understand that either. So when we stop and start listening to somebody else uh, and what their military community or not, um, it really just strengthens the community at large and helps us as people be better people and, and figure out what that giving point is. And sometimes it's just a, a smile, you know, and that, and that goes a long way, you know, and uh, so okay. start small, you know, and, and from there, the, you know, we can, we can take it as far as we can go. Yeah, you have a good point about just striking up a conversation because as a veteran, anytime you're wearing anything that labels you as a veteran and then people or people find out and, you know, here's the, here comes the handshake and the thank you for your service. I'm not saying that's a wrong thing to say, but sometimes it's it's one of those things as a veteran, it's 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 kind of hard to have anything to say back. You're saying you know it's, it's like somebody has said once to say, you know, thank you for your support, which we are thankful for for civilian support. Um, but sometimes it just kind of leads to like an awkwardness in the conversation. Thank you for your service. It's like, oh, thanks for your support. Yeah. Like now we're in an awkward moment. Now we're just staring at each other, like, uh, okay, all right, well, you know, have a good day. Like, uh, but if you ask somebody how's do how they're doing, you know, where did you serve? What did you do? You know, not a good idea to maybe pry too deeply. Some people yeah. are, are definitely not going to tell you. Um, but some people like me, I'm an, I'm pretty much an open book. If somebody wants to sit down, I, I would say two years ago, I probably wouldn't have. You know, hardly said anything. Oh, well, I was in the Air Force, blah, blah, blah. No, I'd probably be like, want to grab a coffee? I'll tell you all about it. Because I see that there's there's power in sharing the story and bridging that gap between veterans and civilians and letting them know, like, you know, what we went through. Um, But not everybody's comfortable with that. But with that in mind, I'm curious, your your friend who is an Iraq war vet, was there a, a certain event where you asked him a specific question, a spurred conversation, or he just opened up to you or what was that like? So play for your freedom. Uh, the origin, he is the origin. So we were getting ready to go play football, just a couple of friends before everybody sits on their butt watching NFL football all, all winter. So uh, I went to go pick him up for practice. We we're meeting up or something like that. And he put on his wounded vet hat and I was like, yo man, what's up with that? He's like, oh, well, you know, I get, I received some help, some support from these guys. And I said, for what? And then he went on to tell me, you know, he had some hearing damage. He couldn't sleep at night from, uh, you know, the, the time in combat. And, and it struck a conversation that it was always, I was just buying him a beer. Like, thanks for, thanks for going, man. Thanks for doing your thing. Thanks for years. Buy him a beer in the bar kind of thing. And, uh, and once we had the conversation and, and he opened up a little bit about that, you know, once I commented on the hat, I went to everybody else who was playing the football game and offered that we kick in a couple bucks, donate it to where he's getting his help from. I handmade everybody's jerseys. I bought these blank jerseys from somewhere out west and spray rubber paint them, names on the back, puffy paint, American flag, you know. I got the short one because there was, wasn't enough good sizes, you know, I had the belly shirt. And uh, so we went out and we played. There was 16 of us on a bony field. We raised almost $2,000 to donate for him. We everybody signed a football and we gave him what was the first ever Warrior game ball. And then from there, we went to 72 people, men and women played the following year and raised almost eight grand and donated it to where he was getting his help from. And then he passed the next Warrior game ball off to the next guy. And um, and from there, that's where Play for Your Freedom started. And I, I started calling around to hospitals and trying to get um, 
somebody to let me play football with their veterans because I, I wanted to actually meet the people that we were trying to help. I didn't want to just send the money to outer space. And so uh, that's when I met Jeff Moseman, uh, one of our volunteers. He was working at the Renegades local baseball team. And uh, I went to the stadium, was pitching an idea to play football at the stadium there. And they said, you got to meet our security guard. He's a veteran. And you guys, you guys should talk. And then from there, we just started stemming down the line of, uh, of, of where we, uh, where we ended up. And so really uh, my buddy was that, that was the catalyst that got me pushing like, well, who, who else is like him that looks okay, but that's not okay. And, uh, and, and that, that really began. So our focus from the beginning has always just been really getting right down to talking to the veterans um, that are in the community and around us. And we've flown all over the country and performed our workshops. And I wanted to do that because I, I had to prove to myself and to the group that we can show up anywhere. And if you show this kindness, it'll work. And we have a, a platform and some structure with the game and the, the equipment. And it all just gets right on the airplane with us. We're just people in a couple filled up footballs you know like there's not much to it you know anybody can do what we do we're just really good at it because we care and uh and, and now you know with that when the film came into conversation uh i approached ashley about doing it um because the suicide rates <laughs> devastating the people that we lose <laughs> and that we lost in the program you play football with someone one week and the next week they're not there. <clears throat> and that, that hurt. I'm not, I'm not trained for this, you know, I'm just a carpenter. So that was tough, you know, and I, I lost my brother to suicide when he was a teenager. So I had, I had buried that during that time. And this, this woke up the, the monster. And uh, there was a bigger message that we couldn't be in front of everybody at once, but to know that a veteran in Illinois saw this and went and watched it and was impact on it. That's exactly why we had to make this this story happen and tell the stories of real people and, and have a hard conversation because not everybody wants to have that hard talk. But once you see it, once you're face to face with it, it, you know, it's it's bigger. It's bigger than a physical wound sometimes and and seeing what these these people are struggling with. And uh, and my vision for the film was to really see a story from a couple different people in the military community Jillian shared about her brother being a family member and what that was like, you know, during the overprescribing epidemic. And then uh, a couple combat vets sharing their stories on what that was like to, to be blown up and to, to face some things that, that they went through. And then uh, I was sharing my side of it as a civilian. And I don't expect everybody to go start a nonprofit. But like you and I were just saying, when you see somebody in a grocery store wearing the hat, ask them how they're doing today, men or woman, person, whoever it is. If, if you're an employer and you got somebody showing up late and you know that they were in the service, they might not have slept for three days. If they have some anger issues, they, now you know why. Now you understand a little bit about what that's like in the four walls that they're, that they're in, living in terror. You know, And sometimes that terror is just right in their own home. And so we really wanted to raise some awareness for regular people who didn't know anything about the military whatsoever and do it in an approachable way, not just come out and blast everyone with the real harsh details but kind of what we wanted to walk you through what it was like when that person signed up on the line, leaving high school or wherever they were and going to boot camp and hopping on the helicopter for the first time, driving this equipment, carrying these guns or being a family member while those people are away and learning what that's like and seeing what that's like uh, from all aspects, if possible. 
And then, uh, you know, we rounded it out coming back at the end saying, hey, there is help out there and there is hope. And it's not just us. We, we partner with a lot of great organizations. Honor Flight is one of them. And uh, and we it's not just about us. You know, one day somebody asked me who our competition was. And I said, you mean other people trying to help people? I said, our competition's death, man. You know, like, I don't, I'm, there ain't nothing, there's plenty of money in this world to go around for everyone. And we as an, we're, we're volunteer based. Nobody gets paid in our organization. You know, we service about 1,200 veterans a year and their family members. And, uh, and we do a lot with very little. And, uh, and so it don't take money to have a smile and a handshake and say how you're doing, you know? So we, Good point. you know, we really just kind of hit, hit the ground running. And, and our staff is incredible uh, of, spouses of veterans, you know, moms and dads and uh, people who just care, you know, who just want to come out and just, just give on this platform. And, and I encourage our volunteers to volunteer for all those other organizations. And I volunteer for those other organizations too. And, uh, you know, that's, that's why we are strong. And, and it's building that sense of community with one another for a good cause because it'll leak into other, other spaces too. I mean, everyone's got their thing, right? There's, you know, you have a child who was born premature in, and have this something going on with your, I met a woman the other day. She focuses on veterans that have families that are going through some of those issues and she helps military members. She's at the hospital with them while it's happening and putting hotel rooms together. I think once you learn about something and you have a, a, something glowing in your heart to be able to help, we can help everybody. And, and that's, that's where we're at. You know, everyone's got a different walk and a different story and, and we're just keeping open eyes and open ears and, uh, and, and seeing where we can go with it, because there's real good people out there. And, and it's uh, it's important that our, our veterans and our community members know that, because um, sometimes it can get grim, you know, and, and we got to just stay stay positive as possible, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you got a great point on competition, because it's it's not competition. It's 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 a race against numbers. Yep. Uh, it'd be great if the number, the daily number was zero. In reality, it never will be. But if we could see the statistics go to 20, then 18, then 16, you know, if we could see them just moving in a positive direction, it's great. And the only thing any one of us can do every single day is make some sort of an impact. Uh, Just keep pushing forward because you never know where that impact is going to be. You never know where it's going to where it's going to reach out. Uh, I never thought doing this podcast I would have. I figured maybe at some point somebody would reach out and say, Hey, you know, one of your episodes helped me with X, Y, or Z, right? Um, probably a month and a half ago, I had somebody reach out to my wife, somebody in my own community saying that they were struggling as a spouse, uh, to a veteran and they knew and understood some of the things that they were going through, but they were, their, their veteran was struggling big time and they were looking for help as a spouse. And my wife was like, well, you know, my husband just messaged him. So I sent her like, three or four episodes. I'm like, watch these. This will give you some resources. This will give you some insight into different things. Um, one of them was actually the film. <laughs> I said, Hey, here's a link to Amazon. You got to watch this film. Cool. Because to me, that film spoke re- like it really spoke to me. Uh, the guy you had on there, who was at a prison camp. I haven't been able to verify Ash was checking with them, but, um, I was, that was my first deployment was at a prison camp. And so as he started kind of talking about that, it was just like, for me, it was a flood of emotions. Like I know exactly what this guy's talking about. Yeah. We were that place as hell on earth. It was a shithole. There was no worse place on earth to be than to be surrounded every single day by literally 20,000 prisoners, terrorists, 
prisoners, common criminals, murderers, you name it, some of the worst disgusting people on this earth. And uh, that really shapes you at a young age, I'll tell you that, um, to see how mean and disgusting and terrible this world is. Probably, probably the reason why I do what I do with the podcast and volunteering is to give back and shed some positivity back in this world. You know, be a little bit of the light. And you're 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 an example and a role model for people. And people, what you're doing is incredible. People need to know about it and need to see it. And and it's I'm sure it's healing for you as well. Like you said, you were in a tough place, and I've I learned about that that space while during the making of this film. And uh, so thank you, thank you for doing that, and 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 not only doing it, but now helping others understand and. And your growth is an incredible tool for your community and at, and at large. And uh, and I give you a lot of credit for that because that's not easy. And it, it's, it takes a weight, you know, it, it gets carrying a weight at the same time because you're reliving those moments over and over again that are really, really hard to relive and and uh, and, and cultivate again. And so I, I give you a ton of credit, my friend, and keep doing what you're doing because like you saw the other day, that woman reached out. Uh, looking for some help and you never know you know you send a message to a friend you haven't heard from in a while might hit them on the head in the right way you know whatever that is you know follow, follow your heart and uh, you're doing a good job Keith man I, I give you a lot of credit man well I'm just doing what I can <laughs> bring people in have conversations and hope that uh, you know the episode reaches somebody and inspires them to improve their life or get involved or whatever the case may be um, yeah. give, give them some options realize that they're not alone that yep. there's people and organizations and that care out there. Absolutely. There's a, I think on nonprofits, the number escapes me right now, but I will say there's like 45,000 like veteran nonprofit. There's a ton. There is a ton out there and they're at all different scales, right? You have your, your big ones. Everybody knows about like wounded warrior project and the honor flight network, just to name a few. Then you got little ones, you know, like in your hometowns that, like you know, us. <laughs> they're they're raising a thousand dollars a year, and they're and they're turning that into building a one wheelchair ramp for a veteran in need, or yep. um, making some handicap modifications, or uh, providing some mental health counseling uh, to you know up to you know a couple visits or something like that for somebody cutting your neighbor's grass, Cut, so going, exactly. over, you know, <laughs> going over, <laughs> you know. I, I, there's a there, there's another nonprofit in my area actually providing the mental health counseling and. Um, I have not had them on my podcast yet, but I, I will one of these days. Uh, great couple. And they're providing mental mental health counseling. And I, I kind of asked them first time I met them. I said, so how many guys, how many of you been able to help? And they were like, uh, you know, like probably five people. And I was like, well, that's five more than what. It's a, that's a lot. You, you don't know what that ripple effect of that is. Those five people, if they get the tools to change their life, and they can start making positive strides, then that might be reflected in their spouse, significant other, whatever, their children, their parents, maybe even the next generation or the generation after that. Like you don't know how impactful just helping one person can be. I'll tell you what, you know, it's, it's a, I call it hand to hand combat. It's when you, when you take on it, when you take on a person and you got to answer that phone, no matter what time it rings, no matter what's happening, one person is a lot. That that when you have a family, when you got youngins and life and a job and things of that nature, helping a person is a lot. For them to have helped five people, that's five very deep stories, you know. And I said after we lost our first veteran uh, that we had met through the hospital program, 
the one one was too much you know that one think about the power of one and uh and it's that the hand-to-hand combat is that cell phone work that visit in that cup of coffee we say a lot happens over a bottle of water at our workshops you know you walk over offer someone a glass of water and before you know it you're finding out a, a whole bunch of stuff and and that's heavy it's heavy for the person carrying it and it's heavy for the person to take it on you know so we try and encourage it's you, you, you need to know as somebody who gives back yourself, and I got to be mindful of it too, that giving back is also very, uh, very weighted. And you have to do it in a healthy way to be able to do it on the long term and, uh, and manage that. And when I first started the organization, I was just going gangbusters. And man, anybody, anybody, anywhere, you know, we were doing it. And then I understood now, I'm a little bit older and wiser, I'll be 40 this year. <laughs> and uh, I understand the power of one. And helping, helping your help, helping yourself so you can help someone else. It sounds cliche, but that's the power of one is really, really important. And from there, once you manage that, you can move two and three and four and whatnot. But to make a serious impact on somebody, that one-on-one time is so important and so important for our veterans uh, to know that someone's there and and and, and reliable for them. Same thing's kind of true for for volunteers too, and, and help. You know, one extra person helping you. Then another extra person helping you, just just that compound effect of you can do more. You can take less off of you, put more on them, spread the weight, yep. get more accomplished. So that's what that's what makes nonprofits uh, run. So, um, so how can how or where can veterans get involved um, if they want to volunteer, if they want to participate? Do you have that on your website? Yeah. And uh, we get we get feedback forms, you know, since the film came out, I've been getting a lot of emails from people around the country um, just telling me who they are and just saying I'm a veteran. I'm struggling as well. And sometimes we get asked questions about employment or housing from and it's hard on a national scale to help redirect um, in those specific cities. That, that's Yeah, you need a little bit more information than <laughs> I need yeah, some housing. Like, we're, okay. we're like a mom and pop. You know, locally we can do that. I'm part of a, a Hudson Valley Veterans Task Force, and it is full of beautiful people that if something needs to, you know, Paul and my brother Vinny, they take furniture from hotels. Uh, you should interview her. I'll, I'll send you her information. She sounds good. Incredible. So she takes huge trucks and unloads hotels when they're redecorating and takes all that furniture and you know how heavy all that stuff is. And they, and they put it into veterans apartments, veterans who are just getting new housing or need furniture or something like that. And she is gangbuster, man. She is just, that woman has so much energy. It's incredible. Uh, so, so there is, Locally, I can help out a lot more. So through our website, if you're within a three-hour radius, you know that's where our, most of our main accounts are. Um, and if you have a family member that's in a VA that's in New York, whether it's upstate or downstate, we, we go all the way up to Syracuse, and we go as far down as Delaware in our East Coast stretch. Um, and we have a couple hospitals in New Jersey that we work with. Um, so I would say anybody in our immediate area it would just be a matter of reaching out and, uh, and asking, you know, when our next workshops are and they're kind of going day to day right now. We did have one scheduled a few weeks ago, but there was a COVID outbreak in one of the units. So you had to bag it. Um, you know, so the next one that we have coming up is on the 20th of April and we're really looking forward to uh, welcoming in that hospital and that group of vets in. And, um, so traditionally we'd be doing four to seven a month. So our volunteer corps was very active and we could just be taking people in like crazy to 
redirect them to where we're headed next. Now we're kind of just getting baby steps back into what we're doing. And um, the film became a really important tool during this time where we were limited with in-person uh, programming. So sharing the film uh, is, is a real big help to just kind of get that message out there, same way it landed on your front desk. And, uh, and, and if, if it helps somebody and, and, and it shows them a little bit, we, we didn't want to make a documentary on Play For Your Freedom. We wanted to make a documentary on people who look okay but are not. And that, that could kind of put us into a place where we, we really understood what some of the big complexities are in the community. So if you have a desire to help or reach out, um, it doesn't have to be in our immediate area. We can talk about that. And I can also help educate on how you can get involved in your own community. Um, so I, I consult with other uh, with veterans who are starting nonprofits, um, even if they're in a different space. I offer my time to um, to consult with them and just share what I've learned and mistakes that we've made. And um, so if, if there's a need, I can help try and connect a person in a community and offer some suggestions um, to help them get involved locally. because That's where you can make the biggest impact is with the people around you. Um, so uh, reaching out through uh, playforyourfreedom.org. Um, there's a form to fill out uh, that you can send directly to me. I answer all the emails, and um, and yeah, we're just we're always willing to have a conversation and and just seeing the best that we can do with what we've got, you know. Awesome, that's uh, that's really good to know. That, you know, helping other nonprofits because that's got to be a <laughs> I can only imagine that process. Yeah. And the, the paperwork and the idea, or you got to, like, I want to help in this way, shape or form, but how to put all those pieces of the puzzle together to make it, to make it happen. You know, and I see a lot of nonprofits start. It's, it's sometimes a very painfully slow process. Yeah. You got to get those first few volunteers. You got to get people to see your vision and align with it, which you kind of mentioned your, your volunteers. Like I'm not surprised with if something as easy to throw together as getting together and, playing sports. Here's your water, Gatorade. Let's yep. play some sports. Everybody hang out, talk, whatever, and then some food. Compared to what some other people are doing in nonprofit spaces, this seems pretty easy to, to throw together versus, you know, hunting hikes or, you know, other things or more complicated things like an honor flight. <laughs> Tried to get 180 people on a on an airplane to D.C. Yeah, and an older generation too, you know, yeah. and some people who have never been there. You know, that's I give Honor Flight a lot of credit. And uh, and again, we love networking with them locally um, and supporting them locally. And, um, you know, to see somebody who's, you know, we never know when our day is going to come, you know, and, and as we get older, that day gets closer. Right. And we're here for we're here for a good time, not a long time. And uh, and to brighten up someone's day who could really use that as the years go on. Uh, whether they're 18 or 80, it doesn't make a difference, but especially for the older generation to have the courage for them to go and, and kind of relive some of those things and be honored and feel and feel this wanted and, and, uh, and appreciated. And, um, you know, we I, I attended one of the send offs. I haven't gotten to actually take a flight yet, but I volunteered at one of the send offs. And it was just incredible. I mean, if, if there wasn't a dry eye in the crowd as far as I could see. And it was just really special um, to see that happen. So. Uh, yeah, wherever you are, you can make a difference. I tell our volunteers, if you've got two ears and a smile, you know, you're going to be okay. You know, you got, you already got the tools it takes to make a difference. And, uh, and that's, that's where we're at. You just said a, a key word that, that kind of floats around our honor flight hub. Um, when we talk to people out in the community about what we do as honor flight, because it's all volunteer based as well. 
And we say, look, nobody in our organization gets paid. The only thing we get paid with is we get paid with the smiles. When you take most of what we take at this point is, is Vietnam guys. We get some Korea. Uh, we don't have any World War II guys in April, but I think we have got one in, in June. Cool. But these guys are at the airport early in the morning, like early. And they're drinking coffee, eating donuts. They got smiles on their face. They're happy, excited. You got a room full of veterans who are struggling with all kinds of different things, but they're together in their community with loved ones or even maybe a guardian that they don't even know. And I'm sure it's the same thing with, with you guys as an organization. They're just happy in the moment. Yep. Their environment's changed. They're around people that, that they connect with on a deeper level, even if they've never been before. And it's just, that's, that's what we always say is our pay is when we look around we see the smiles. And then when guys come back and they're like, you know what? That was just one hell of a trip. Yeah, I loved it. We, uh, that, that, that is our paycheck. You know, the handshake's the paycheck and the hug at the end. We say show up with a handshake, leave with a hug. And, uh, and it's, it's been incredible. We've, we've met almost 5,000 veterans, uh, in our program since we started. And that's, I never thought in my wildest dreams that that would be something I'd be able to say that I got to actually meet once we started pursuing the meeting of the service members uh, and their family members. Um, and that's the, that's the, the, the greatest gift that can be given uh, back to us. And, uh, and it's, it's just incredible. Yeah. Awesome. So do you have any, any future plans, uh, any, any changes, anything different coming down the, the pipeline? Yeah, uh, I think that we are going to um, name a new director of, uh, of, of our programming. Um, he's the veteran I mentioned earlier. His name's Jeff, uh, and he's interested in taking on some of the programs, and uh, which is great. Again, I'm, I'm a civilian um, that's been, you know, I'm the founder and, and been, uh, you know, an intricate part of building this program. And uh, it's time to, to pass the torch of sorts, and, and I'll still uh, work on probably national growth. And uh, and I want to take our program and and give the book to somebody in a community who wants to do what we do in their community and just say, here's how big our office is. Here's the equipment we need. Here's what feeds this many people. Here's the here's the book. And uh, and here's how we did it. Make your modifications how you feel fit. But um, with putting Jeff as a veteran in front of our other veterans, uh, I think it'll help with recruiting. And things of that nature, and um, and it's always good to get a fresh fresh set of wings in there, and uh, and and I can focus on some more of the growth and national development for where Play for Your Freedom is going to go. Uh, the documentary has connected us across the country with some people, and um, and that's I think that's our next steps. And you know, even though we're small where we are, we have that figured out. Uh, we operate out of an office that was an old armory, the Newburgh Armory, and uh, there's an indoor turf field in one of the hangars. And so we, that's where we play football and play all of our sports. So our office has a football field <laughs> and uh, it's really great. And the community is great uh, around it. Um, so we have that secured. Um, we're expanding into the service dog space, uh, not training necessarily, but providing for people in the Hudson Valley. Uh, so we purchased a service dog this year from ClearPath and it's going to get paired with uh, a veteran right from our uh, local VA healthcare system. And so that's really important for us to, um, to, uh, to take on uh, just to learn about it and to help facilitate it and I've seen the power of the, what these animals can do um, for someone they become friends not animals and uh, and, and life life changers and so 
as we moved through Play for Your Freedom, we started off with a PTSD unit that we worked with that came from Montrose. And from there, whenever I was at the hospital, I would start asking who was behind the other closed doors and why they weren't out with us. And like, oh, that's spinal cord. They, they don't come. Well, can, can they get on a bus? Yes. We'll get the bus to the football field and we'll figure it out. Who are they? Oh, that's the women's unit. They don't like to be around men. Well, we have a lot of good men down here. Get their coordinators and get them down here, whatever it is. And so we just started. We went from 20 people at a workshop to over 100 uh, at, at the hospital. So everybody was welcomed in. And our big, what made us successful was just kicking any door down necessary to get to the people that were behind them and make remove a stigma that everybody couldn't be together. Because once we did that, we had upright veterans helping uh, adaptive veterans get to their doctor's appointments because they just made friends at this workshop. You know, now they had people connecting with one another, you know, someone I, I always, uh, you know, offer to sing the national anthem if no one's out there, but we always prop and everybody sings it together. And I said, don't leave me out here alone. You're going to regret it. You know, but then now somebody steps up and sings the national anthem. So when we come next time, they know that they can come up and do that again. You know, so we're just kicking down doors to try and help them. And in the service dog space, that was this year's door to kick down. And, uh, you know, after we had concluded the film and got that off, off and going. So we're always just interested in reaching out and helping in a new space. The more we know, the more we grow. And uh, the more we know, the more we can help effectively. And, and that's really what is um, the foundation of our organization. That's awesome. The, the service dog stuff is really important. Yeah. And I'm glad to see over the last, last 10 years or so since I got out of the Air Force that it is, I, I'm seeing more and more service dogs or maybe it's just that I'm more aware of people that have them, but yeah. I'm glad that there's more organizations out there that are doing, that are doing the training. I'm glad that there's, I'm not the expert on it, but legislative steps, you know, in, in I know there's been some things introduced over the last couple of years, but people just being open to the idea yep. of the power of having a service animal, um, whether that's for PTSD or for physical stuff. You know, have a dog's, you know, get get you a soda or beer out of the fridge or closing doors, seeing eye dogs. Like it's, um, it, it's awesome to, it's incredible. to see that. Yeah, I visited a training facility up in Syracuse and uh, I was watching uh, Ryan, who is the trainer there. And they're, they're, I think, a year away from receiving one of the top certifications in the country for their dog uh, program. And so uh, hats off to them at, at ClearPath. And uh, I watched the, the, the woman who was helping train put her hands over her head and the dog sticks the nose up to lift the veteran's head up or... She was tapping her foot. The dog would touch the foot. She would tap her other foot. And these signs of anxiety and these signs of depression, <laughs> what those notable things are, and the dog was reacting so quickly. Again, it doesn't take much to get me to cry when it comes to, to that kind of stuff, but I just couldn't believe it. And, and to think that somebody would receive judgment-free love from an animal that was trained to help them with what's going on with them, reducing seizures. I had a veteran say he used to have seven seizures a month and was down to less than one, you know, and that that's incredible. What, what a quality of life that can change for you if you're not carrying a certain weight. The less weight you take off your shoulders, um, the lighter you feel and, and the fresher you feel. And so, again, it's plus one, you know, one thing at a time. What's what's what can we get you one step closer to getting better? And, and figure out what that is and, and figure out if, if we can do it. And, and if we can't, we could, we got to find somebody who can. Um, so that's, that's kind of our attitude. That's awesome. <clears throat> so you've got all kinds of sports. You mentioned art earlier. You doing yep. like painting, sculpting. What, what, what's that looking like? Uh, 
I, I personally started creating art a couple of years ago uh, as a healthy outlet for myself. And, uh, and so I've been fortunate enough to land into a curating space at a local gallery. And we actually have a show up right now um, with about 40 different veteran artists um, who work in an art for vets group. And so they use it as a therapy opportunity and a social opportunity. So we have their art lining the whole center of the gallery. And uh, it's been a cool way to connect with these veterans. And um, we offered a women's workshop and uh, at a equestrian farm where they have rescue horses they use for, um, you know, equine therapy with veterans. And uh, so we plan that day. We have several artists come and do landscape painting with the veterans, uh, scrapbooking, um, we had a one artist, Donna Mickelson, came and she does symmetrical movement. I built her a giant eight foot by four foot chalkboard and uh, two people stand on each side of the chalkboard and move together with the chalk in their own way that they're moving. And uh, and so wherever we can put that into place in, in the workshops, it, it's uh, it's proven to be very, very valuable just to give somebody the option because not everybody's interested in sports. You know, when we have the live music there. We have people that walk up and want to sing or just want to sit and listen. And so we try and give back the culture uh, to the veterans who fought for us to have the freedom to have that culture. And uh, so whether it's art or music and, or sports, um, you know, we, we try and provide that at different capacities and levels, wherever, wherever we are in our programming and wherever it suits best, um, you know, to serve the veterans um, in that space. But the art became important to me and I'm just now starting to connect with a way of, uh, getting that into the veteran community through the gallery. Uh, but really incredible guy uh, named Kevin. He runs um, the Hudson Valley Center for Veteran Reintegration. And uh, he, I found I, in his office, I saw he was a photographer. And so we're going to be putting his show up next month uh, in the gallery of black and white portraits of veterans from his time in service. And he builds kayaks for veterans. And uh, his partner does yoga. She's done yoga with us at our women's workshop before. So there's so many different things out there, man. Like my fishing, like you said, there's something for everyone. There's 45 yeah. nonprofits out there in the veteran space. There's someone specializing in something that can help you. And if they're not, look into what it's like to doing it yourself or taking a friend out and doing it. And, you know, it's... It, just make it make it possible. Anything's possible, you know. Yeah, it doesn't need to be super complex. And I just had another random idea because you're right. Some people don't want to do sports. Uh, some people more artistic in nature, music, painting, sculpting, whatever. But there's another idea. Since you're in the hospitals, I don't know if this has ever been brought up. But what about like board games? Oh yeah, you can have one volunteer show up with um, maybe not Monopoly. May not be a good idea, but <laughs> some other board games or something where you know you could get four, five, six veterans sitting at a table and it could be, you know, in the hospital where they need the treatment and they could just relax for a couple of hours. Yeah. Just, you know, it, all it takes is one volunteer and one board game. Yeah. You know, we had a card game or something. We had a, uh, we, we've been playing volleyball, volleyball at one of our New Jersey uh, clients. And there's a group of people sitting right there next to the volleyball and that playing spades, <laughs> you know, play, playing cards. And uh, before Christmas this past year, we hosted our first family night, community night, and we had board games. We had cornhole boards set up. Uh, we're pursuing mini golf, building our own little mini golf course in our office area that we can break down and set back up again. 
Um, but you're right on. I mean, it doesn't doesn't take much to 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 make it happen. You know, a little connect four, you know, always gets everybody going. <laughs> yeah. I had to buy. I, I saw. I said someone's going to play this. I was like, this is one of the greatest games of all time. It's much less dangerous than Monopoly. Much less dangerous than Monopoly. Yeah, you got to be careful with Monopoly. So. <laughs> But that's awesome. I, I appreciate you coming on here and, and sharing this. Uh, like I said, when I when I saw the film, I was just I was blown away by everybody's individual story, the way that Ash directed it, put everything together. It, it's just it it meant a lot to me as Thank a veteran you. to see it because I felt like, and that's why I took it right upstairs to my wife, and I, I tried sharing it out. I said it spoke to me, but to me the real power was connecting it the way we feel as veterans. And these things to the people kind of on the outside of our circle and, and civilians. So like my wife knows quite a bit about my service and my stories. Um, but like my mother doesn't know as much, you know, some of the, my friends and family probably don't know a whole lot unless they listen to my podcast and hear me talk a little bit here and there, but to understand your mind and, and what, you know, how you deal with different things based on what you see. Cause the things you can experience while serving in the military. I mean, a, a wide variety of experiences you can have, but, um, and you can get PTSD from not, you don't have to be in a combat zone for that either. A lot of the things can different happen. It's just your body's reaction. And, and then you have to navigate that afterwards to, to how it affects you and everybody's different. So to have some insight into that's a powerful thing. Yes. So I appreciate you. Appreciate you coming on. Any, any last words? But uh, anything else go going out, on? Go out and ask someone how they're doing today. <laughs> That's a good one. You know? That is a good one. So Keep I appreciate yeah. appreciate you being here, David. Hey, thank you so much, Keith. I really yeah. appreciate it, man. And any way we can help you, let us know, okay? And, and keep doing what you're doing, man. Conversation is power, and uh, and I give you a lot of credit. And thank you. Uh, I, I will say thank you for your service, and, uh, and and thank you for spending your time with me today. Yeah, well, no problem. Well, thank you for your support, <laughs> and thank you for everything that you're doing. You got it, brother. Keep, keep up the good work. Thanks, Keith. All right, there we go, everybody. Just make sure you uh, like, subscribe, and follow. You can check out our website, BattleBuddyPodcast.net, for all kinds of resources. And if you are struggling in any way, shape, or form, remember the National Suicide Hotline is 800-273-8255, or you can text 838-255.